Welcome to Quest for Gold. We're just over two months away from the opening ceremonies in Tokyo. Qualifying tournaments and events are underway. Athletes continue training and competing, but lingering questions remain about safety. Those questions resurfaced when IOC President Thomas Bach canceled his trip to Japan this week as the country deals with a surge in new COVID-19 cases. He was scheduled to visit Hiroshima and perhaps catch up with the torch relay before heading to Tokyo. The IOC says the trip will happen as soon as possible. Only about 1% of the Japanese population has been vaccinated to this point. Days later, trying to tamp down concerns, Christian Clue of the IOC tweeted out a statement from the organization pointing out that four test events were conducted safely in Japan, with more than 700 athletes and over 6,000 staff participating. Former Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel has reportedly been pegged as the next U.S. ambassador to Japan under the Biden administration. He's supposed to take on that role ahead of the upcoming games. Over the last week, more Olympic bids were secured for boxing and fencing. The Golden Games in California whet our appetite for track and field. We told you last week that Seattle Seahawk DK Metcalf was planning to run the 100 meter. He did. Kept up with the field, but finished ninth. It's looking very unlikely he will be in contention for a spot on Team USA this summer. On the line this weekend, five of the six American Olympic bids in triathlon. Among those competing for a spot, Kevin McDowell, who we spoke with in episodes 18 and 39. I sent a message wishing him luck. He says he's ready and excited. We've linked off to those episodes on the website. Last week, we talked beach volleyball. This week, we move on to the court for our athlete spotlight. He's known as the Jungle Cat. Jeff Jendrick of USA Volleyball standing on the brink of his dream, making Team USA this summer and competing in his first Olympics. But this rising star from the Midwest has to establish himself as one of the top 12 players in the country first. We talked to him via Zoom. Explain to me where you are right now uh, physically at. Yeah, so right now I'm training with the the USA national team in uh, Anaheim, California. Right now I'm living in Costa Mesa, which is 30 minutes away. Me and my uh, one of my teammates, we got an Airbnb pretty close by. But right now we're just training for the the Olympics. That's going to happen here in the next, you know, two months. It's it's coming up really quick. But right before this uh, big Olympic Games, we have this BNL tournament, which we're all training for right now, which is going to be in Italy. And we're leaving in about two weeks, so we're really excited for that. A lot of the guys are mostly in the gym training, and we're just kind of working hard and just really excited to start traveling with the guys. Is this a warm-up then for the games? Uh, I would say yes, but also no. VNL, it's been going on for a couple years. Uh, it's this big tournament. Uh, usually what happens, it's a six-week-long tournament, and we're going to six different countries. So at that time, it's so cool. You got to see a little bit of each country and you know see what's around there, playing amazing teams. But uh, for this VNL, we're going to actually be in a bubble. So we're going to be in Italy for 30 days. We're going to play a lot of volleyball. I think our first three games are going to be like Poland, uh, Russia, Brazil, which are like top teams. So we got to make sure USA bring, uh, brings our air game. And you've, you've spent quite a bit of time in Poland, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I just came back from my first year uh, overseas in Poland. I played two years in Germany. And uh, Poland was awesome. Uh, unfortunately, with COVID, it's really tough. There's not so much to do. You know, things are closed down. But uh, just walking around, seeing the city. Uh, occasionally, the malls were open. So we kind of uh, went to the malls for our fun times. 
but it was definitely a cool place to live. I really like it. Just the Polish language is so hard to learn. I, I had trouble with it. Sure. I mean, do you, do you on the court, do you have to learn those commands? I mean, are you able to communicate? Do you, is there kind of like a generic volleyball speak? Uh, so thankfully, most of the guys are, you know, they're speaking English. Uh, but I do, I will have to learn just a couple like sayings in Polish. Uh, you know, the guys want you to learn more and it's better, you know, to be in that culture, learning the language. But for me, it was so tough learning Polish. I could barely do it, but it was always nice having those guys helping me out. But yeah, you definitely need to know a little bit of the lingo, you know, it just helps everyone out and everyone can really get on the same pitch. When I talked to Lauren Carlini on the, on the women's side, she said that there was a limit to how many Americans or foreigners could play in these leagues. Is that what, what you have too in Poland? Exactly. Yep. So only four foreigners could be on the court at once in, in Poland. Uh, so we had some guys all over. I was actually the only American on my Polish team in uh, Aseka Rosovia. But uh, yeah, only four on the court, which could be kind of hard at times. You know, for me as an American, if there's too many foreigners on the court, maybe I couldn't play, which actually happened in my season a couple of times, which was frustrating. But, you know, you got to do what's best for the team. So how have you been handling this pandemic? You, you've traveled out there. Did, did you, you played there during the pandemic then, I assume? Yep. Yep. We played there. Uh, no, no fans? No fans. What was sad was actually we didn't have any fans to any of our games, uh, home games, which was really unfortunate. Uh, there's a girls team that actually plays in our city, and they actually played a couple home games early off where they had some fans. Unfortunately, our first couple games were away. And we had some fans at those games, but unfortunately no home fans didn't really see any fans. It's just, it's kind of tough because obviously we're playing for, you know, each other, but it's also really cool to have that atmosphere of, you know, fans cheering for you guys and, you know, get more little energy on the court. Does that change the dynamic at all for you when you're out there? I mean, obviously you can hear everything everyone's saying. So I'm sure that's one part of it, but the fact that you can't, feed off energy, which is yeah. so important in volleyball. Yeah, you're right. In volleyball, energy is so crucial. So at the beginning, it was definitely tough to really get that rhythm, you know? You're used to people screaming on the court, uh, you know, fans screaming. Uh, Rosovi usually gets three to 5,000 to each game. So not having any of those, it's like, it's silent, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it definitely took some time to get used to, but once we got it going – uh, you know, you got normal to it, but there was actually some games where uh, on the speaker, they would play some fake fans, which actually was kind of nice to have. Just to kind of make it seem a little more normal, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Um, what, what, when they first, when the, when the pandemic first hit in March of, of 2020, where were you at? I, I've talked to some athletes. They were stuck in Europe. They had to fly back. They, they, went and lived with their parents. They tra- I mean, What was your kind yeah. of situation? How did those first couple of months play out? So in March, we were, I was still in Berlin. I was still training. We had playoffs coming probably two more weeks, you know? Uh, so we were about to hit playoffs. And then all of a sudden, COVID talks are starting to happen. You know, we're hearing, okay, no practice, right? Like, okay, no practice. We'll see. We'll come in next week. And then, you know, we're talking, I'm a USA guy. I don't want to get stuck in, in Germany. You know, I want to go home and see my family if something happens. So all of a sudden, I'm talking to my manager. I'm saying, hey, what's going on here? Because it's possible you can get stuck in Europe and maybe not be able to come home. 
So anyway, uh, Trump said, like, no one's allowed back home. And, like, that freaked us out. And we're like, what do we do? And then finally later he kind of cleared it up that if you're an American citizen, you can come home whenever. But anyway, that happens. Our team kind of freaked out. Our league, the German league, was actually the first league to cancel playoffs, cancel everything. So as soon as I found out, you know, we said goodbye to our teams, nothing was going to happen. I flew home a couple days later. Thankfully, I didn't have to, you know, stress out too much. I definitely had to move on my apartment in like two days, which was terrible. But some of my other teammates, um, you know, in Italy, they, their league, they just delayed the league for another month, for another, you know, two months. So they just stayed in Italy doing nothing for wow. two months. And then, then, then they got canceled, the league canceled. But thankfully for me, in March, uh, the league got canceled in Germany, and I flew home like two days later. And then I went straight to uh, Chicago just to see my family, hang out with them. And, you know, there wasn't much to do. I was home for like one to two months, just kind of chilling. I was really struggling. I was trying to find a gym and uh, I couldn't, couldn't work out. So I went to Home Depot. I got some sandbags. I was starting to work out with sandbags. I was destroying my, uh, my parents' backyard. They got so mad at me towards the end. But uh, I was at home for two months and then finally went back to USA, trained a little bit, and then went back overseas. Okay. So when, when you were, how long were you at home then and, and you know, using the sandbags? I mean, was it – obviously you couldn't get – touches on the ball um but you know it, i mean was it just a matter of running and weight training and just trying to stay as active and try to keep your um schedule as somewhat normal as possible yeah i think i was home total let's just say around three months i was home for three months trying to just stay active you know making sure i'm getting my reps in of just jumping because our trainer usa trainers are saying you know you're not jumping you're not really preparing your body to land at all. And that can be really crucial uh, for me. My shoulder was kind of bugging me since I wasn't swinging. So as soon as I started going back to the USA gym, like three months later, I really had trouble just swinging again, just remembering that motion. Uh, it was definitely difficult for me, uh, but it's weird. You know, when the COVID happened or even quarantining just 14 days, of not playing volleyball or 10 days, not playing volleyballs. It's really hurtful for the athletes. Wait, was it, I mean, I'm sure it didn't help your progress at all, but when all of a sudden everything screeched to a halt, was it nice knowing that everyone else was in the same boat or did you see this as, did you see this as an opportunity that, oh no, I'm going to, you know, my, my quality of play is going to start to diminish maybe more rapidly than other people's or did you think, well, maybe this is a time to re rest my body and, and heal my yeah. mind, whatever, take some time but, off. Yeah, I think. The first situation is, whoa, like, is anyone else dealing with this problem? Which everyone was dealing with this problem. So after that was just, what can I do to stay active? What can I stay to better my game? You know, so I was, I was meditating. I'm also, you know, getting my master's right now uh, through DeVry. So I was trying to just stay busy uh, because, you know, being home for what it was almost two years of doing nothing can really be negative a negative impact so just you know i was doing some yoga at home you know facetiming friends from far away catching up you know just trying to stay active working out using those sandbags just trying to stay active because not doing much is really hurtful for an athlete 
What was USA Volleyball communicating to you? I mean, were you guys able to do anything virtually or did they put you on some kind of program at all? Yeah, we were starting to just talk virtually. Uh, We had big Zoom meetings of like, hey, what can we do to start prepping for the Olympics, which is, you know, ended up getting delayed for another year. But just staying in in touch, uh, towards the end, uh, we started, let's say, um, I would say maybe July. They let us go back to, uh, they let us go back to uh, the gym, the USA gym. And we were able to train. However, because of COVID with regulations, with USOPC, we had to wear a mask. We could only have four people in the gym at once. So it was really frustrating. But just being able to be with the team or some of the guys, have that atmosphere uh, was kind of nice. But it was definitely tough. It was definitely tough. And I'm sure everyone struggled with it. What, was there was there rust when you came back, or was everyone fresh from not be you know from letting the, the the wounds heal? I think a little bit of both. I think rust for sure. You know, just I remember for me just getting those contacts. I'm not used to it. It's been you know a couple months. Uh, just kind of remembering how to play volleyball. Really, it's kind of crazy. If you don't play a, a sport or do active anything, you're gonna kind of start to forget that thing. But after a little bit, you know, after just two weeks. Like you feel like, you know what you're doing, you know, you're ready, you're ready for everything, but definitely there was a lot of rust for sure. Sure. Talk to me about, um, you know, everything that you're hearing from the U S OPC and the IOC about these games coming up here. They've talked about playbooks. They've talked about no foreign fans. Um, are, are you feeling good that the athletes will be, uh, well overseen as far as health protocols? I think so. I think they do a really good job at protecting the athletes, making sure everyone is uh, protected, healthy protocols. If someone gets COVID, uh, you know, just this summer we've been watching for USA, we've been watching a lot of videos for us, how to enter the gym, uh, you know, wearing a mask at all times. If there's the girls uh, playing near us, like we have to make sure we're keeping our distance, we're taking the PCR test almost every day. There's a lot of protocols that we have to follow just so we can play volleyball. Mm-hmm. So I think they're doing a great job at handling that. And I'm sure there's a ton of unknowns, but they're doing a really good job handling that. So we don't really have to worry about that. Our goal is just to go and try to win the Olympics. Where, where are you guys at in that process right now? If I'm corrected, USA men qualify a bid. Now it's just a matter of filling out that roster. Yep. So we qualified and the biggest thing is we just got to fill out that roster, which uh, is unknown right now. They're going to, you know, our coaches will let us know as soon as they know, which is going to help us out. But right now it's a fight to that roster. And, you know, right now in practice, it's, it's hard. It's a hard practice. Guys are working because it's, you know, live or die for this roster. So you're teammates, really- but you're also competing for a spot, aren't you? Yeah, it's definitely a weird uh, dynamic, but at the end of the day, like today, our coaches are saying practice is looking good. Like guys are going for everything because, you know, that one play could be that one play that doesn't make it for you, you know? So the energy in the gym is really good. It's really cool to see. You've obviously competed internationally before, never for the Olympics. Uh, Was that a goal that you had set out that someday you wanted to play for Team USA and represent them in the games? Yeah, that's for sure a goal for me. I've been on the USA national team now for four years. I just kind of entered it right when the Olympics were happening. 
And my goal is to be on that team and I want to freaking play and I want to win that gold medal. Because yeah, you, you did not go to Rio, correct? Correct. I did okay. not. Okay. All right. Um, how, how did you get into the sports? I mean, is this, is it uh, something that a, a family member got you into? Is it, no. uh, you know, a coach who saw you? How did that, how did that all get come about? It's a great question. Uh, so I started playing basketball when I was little. I started playing all the way up until I was like 16. So a freshman in high school. And both my sisters, they were all Americans uh, playing volleyball, and they were just crushing it on the court. And I just, as a as a, a young guy playing volleyball, didn't seem it didn't seem cool to me at the time. So I was playing basketball, and I you know I started wasn't playing that much. I was the fifth, sixth guy, getting some playing time. And my dad was just telling me like, hey, you know, you can you can possibly play some basketball. But what if, what if you give volleyball a try? You know, like your sisters are dominating. I'm sure you're going to play well. So I ended up going to some camps. And I remember the first camp I've ever went to was me, three other guys, and 400 girls at Sports Performance Volleyball Club. And I was putting on knee pads for the first time. Felt so on a place. So it was like a six-day camp. I quit after the first day. I couldn't deal with it. I just felt so like I didn't want to be there. I felt uncool. So anyway, I told my dad what happened. He's like, okay, I'll put you in an all guys camp, whatever. So I went to the guys camp probably a week later and I started playing like 30 minutes in my uh, future coach went up to my dad and he's like, how long has your son been playing for? And my dad's like, oh, about 40 minutes. And it's crazy. And the coach was like, wow, this, this guy can maybe go far. And I think for me, I learned so much about playing volleyball because when I was little, I was always traveling with my sisters to their tournaments. So I wasn't really playing the sport, but I was just watching them, how they played. So as soon as I kind of stepped on that court, I kind of understood how everything worked. And I think that's why you know, right now I'm, I'm on the national team right now. It's just because I, I have that really high volleyball IQ and it was really cool to switch from basketball to volleyball. Now I freaking love the sport. I'm happy I'm playing it and it's awesome to be on the USA team. It's interesting, those decisions that are made because I, I talked to April Ross last week and she was, she's obviously in beach volleyball. She was into soccer and she yeah. thought it would be uncool. Like she didn't want to lose her friends playing soccer, yep. but she just had this feeling like, volleyball was the direction to go so there must be something at that level where you know volleyball seems weird or awkward or strange or, or just uncomfortable and you know maybe a lot of I assume you were teen or preteen yep. just didn't feel comfortable kind of making that jump and going into that realm yep for sure uh, I know my my sisters I don't know exactly what happened but they didn't want to go to the camp, the volleyball camp. And my dad like dragged them and they were crying, like kind of forced them to just like, just go give it a shot. And they, they instantly loved it. So I had to take that, you know, that leap of faith, be uncomfortable. But at the end, it ended up, ended up working out for me, which is really cool. I think a lot of people are uncomfortable doing things, but you just got to give it a shot. And, you know, you might like it like me, you know? Now you, as you progressed and, and, and went to college, then you went to Loyola. I mean, was that, I, I wouldn't personally think of Loyola as being this big superpower of volleyball. It turned yeah. out to be that way, but I mean, it, it always, I tend to think of the UCLA's and, you know, the, the on the West coast. Yeah. How is it that was it, was it a hometown advantage for you? How did you make that decision? Yeah. So you're right. You know, like California schools are for sure. West coast known for volleyball. 
uh, Chicago, Loyola University of Chicago, wasn't that dominant. Um, but they that hometown feel just felt really nice for me, being close to home. I also knew I really liked the coaches. Uh, the teammates there were awesome. So I kind of fell in love with the school as soon as I met the guys, met the coaches. And they, they told me, like, hey, we're going we're gonna to help you out. We're going to make sure you're working hard and we want you to be at that next step. Because I knew I was coming in as a freshman I was a good player, but I just I wanted to take that next step. And the coaches told me, like, hey, we can help you out and let's try to win a national championship. And that's what ended up happening my uh, freshman year. We ended up, you know, playing Lewis in the finals, which is also a, a Midwest school. And, uh, you know, beating them, getting that national championship ring was an awesome feeling. What's, uh, what's the best advice you've gotten over the years, whether it be for volleyball or, or maybe some life lesson that you picked up along the way that's, that's helped you in volleyball? Um, I think just working hard at it, you know, even journaling about what, you, what your goals, you know, have goals, try to attain them, try to motivate yourself to go get them. Um, but just keep working hard. You know, it's not an easy fix, you know. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. But once you get that you know, you get that next uh, hump, you're going to really feel confident in yourself. You're going to feel good. You're going to be happy you made those goals. And right now, my goal is to make the Olympics. And, you know, every day I'm working hard. I'm, I'm trying to get there. So I'm going to feel confident. I put all the hard work and we'll see if it pays, pays off. Tell me a little bit about the meditation you do. Is it something you're, you're doing daily? Was that just for a period there or do you, you try to keep up with it? I try to keep up with it. It's sometimes it's really tough. Uh, but, you know, just closing your eyes, just kind of appreciating what you're doing. And then as soon as you kind of hit the gym, you're like, hey, you know, I'm ready what I want to do today. I kind of thought what I need to work on and I'm going to go do it today. So a little self-talk. And then, you know, when you open your eyes, it's like, all right, it's game time. So actually with USA, we kind of do a little meditation right before practice. You know, it's anywhere from 30 seconds long to about a minute. of just like, hey, focus in what you need to do to get better, how you're going to do it, and then kind of think of like that motion of how you're going to do it, and then open your eyes and just go do it. Do you, do you like to, and I've asked pretty much every athlete this, do you like to picture yourself on the podium? Are you already thinking of yourself in Tokyo, or are you thinking, okay, what do I have to do today, or what do I have to do tomorrow? Maybe a combination uh, of both. That's a great question. I'm thinking small picture. I'm Right now, like today, I was closing my eyes. I was thinking about blocking. So getting to the pin, making sure my hands are going over the net, and really feel that ball in my hands and me pushing it down with my hands to get that point. That's what I'm visualizing. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. Since you were a college athlete, this is something that's been talked about. Should college athletes be paid? Ooh, it's a great question. That's a great question. What, what if you could, I mean, I know you weren't a basketball player. You weren't one of these, you know, a football player in a major big 10 school or anything like that. But what if you could have held a camp? What if you could have, you know, found some way to make money with volleyball during your time at Loyola? That's a great question. I'm thinking, yes, I think they should get paid. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't, I really don't know. Um, I'm thinking they should get paid because the amount of work they're putting into it, you know, they're getting a ton of fans. Let's, let's just do basketball, right? They're getting millions of dollars or even football. They're getting millions of dollars, have people watch their games. And, uh, you know, without getting paid, you know, they're, let's say they're on a full scholarship. They're just putting a lot of effort and they're not getting much reward besides the, you know, getting your degree, which is very important. 
But other than that, they're not getting much out of it. Some people come from, you know, low income families where they really need the money to support their families and it's hard. They they can't do it. And even, you know, something small like throwing a camp in where they can get some extra money would be really beneficial. So I'm thinking they should get paid. Uh, I don't know to what extent or, you know, what happens with all that other small stuff, but I think they should get paid. Well, do you have to walk kind of a, a fine line over the next few weeks? Obviously, you're going to do everything you can to make this team, um, but you don't want to sacrifice your body. You don't want to hurt yourself in that process. Um, yep. Is that something that kind of lingers in the back of your mind, or are you just going to go 100% at everything and, and not worry about that? I think you just have to go 100% and you can't think about what if, what if, what if. You just got to go and you got to just take action, go do it. If something happens like an injury, that's what happened. That's what fate wanted to happen. But you really just got to go and commit. You can't think twice because as soon as you think about something, there's no chance you're going to make that team. You just got to go act. How big is the pool and, and what do they have to slim the roster down to for the Olympics? So I'm going to say right now for this VNL tournament, they're taking 19 guys and they're going to have to slim that down all the way to 12 guys. Okay. But usually what happens with these VNLs or whenever we have world championships or world cup, there's 14 guys. So we're usually traveling with 14 and they, they just have to slim it down to 12. So it's, it's usually those two guys that are going to not make it, which is going to okay. be tough. It's a tough decision. Yeah, and then so what's do we have a timeline as far as when a when a roster is going to be made yet or no? TBD, I do not huh? know, and it's you know it could be tomorrow, it could be next week. You don't know. So you, every day you got to go in willing to kill, willing to kill that ball. I always I always want to ask the athletes this too. What's your craziest? Have you had any like crazy um, moments when uh, uh, you had to take a doping test? Has anyone come knocking at your door at like a really weird time? Um, I had once it happened in Chicago when I was a, a junior in college and it happened at 5 a.m. Someone kept ringing the doorbell and I'm sleeping. It's going on for 20 minutes now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who's buzzing me in 5 a.m.? I'm not going to answer the door. Anyway, I get a phone call. You know, I'm still kind of out of it, Daisy. I find out it's the doping test. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. So I let him in, whatever. My one uh, roommate is like, what is going on? And I'm like, hey, it's for USA Volleyball. I got to do this. I'll see you at school. But anyway, I get an email later that day saying, hey, someone was trying to break into the apartment complex. And I'm like, no, it's just, I didn't want to get fully into the story, but it's just yeah. it's something that one of my friends had to come and let me in, you know? Have, have, have you noticed your, your teammates, whether it be in Germany or in Poland, are they getting tested for their various national teams? Because I'm sure would, some of them. I don't know, but I would assume so. I think okay. every, uh, every national team is for sure getting random drug tested, especially especially because of the Olympics coming up. You know, they're going to want to make sure they're on top of it. The guys are playing safe. and yeah. You ever been to Tokyo before? Uh, no, I have not. And I'm excited when I get the chance to go. <laughs> I hope there's an opportunity for the athletes to have some kind of fun experience. I, I hope, I hope, assuming that that you go, that you know you're able to maybe rub elbows with some of the other athletes from other sports, maybe basketball, maybe yeah. you know women's soccer, maybe tennis, golf, whatever you like, yeah. and you know 
I'm hoping that they create some kind of experience out there for you. I hope so too. I think it's a great experience to be there for one, but also to explore the culture, you know, like, okay, even after the Olympics, just having some guys stay there, having the whole team stay there for just a week to just really dive into what's, what's around us. But it's just tough with COVID. You know, we really don't know what, what's going to happen. Who would you want to meet? Uh, LeBron James, for sure. If I get the chance, I'm taking photos with LeBron James. And it's interesting because the NBA season butts up right to the beginning of the game. So you just don't know if yeah. they'd want, you know, whoever's in the finals, if they'd want to make that. But we'll see. We, we've, we've got a few months ago. That's all I got. Where can people, um, can people follow you on social media at all? Is there any place? Yeah. Tracking? So you guys can follow me on Instagram at jgendrick21. It's my last name. And uh, yeah, uh, just follow me there. And I have some pretty good content. I'm just usually doing some weird stuff. Call my nickname is Jungle Cat. So just having a good time on there. Thank you, Jeff. We'll continue to follow his progress and keep you up to date on everything going on in Japan and Team USA qualifications. Coming up next week on the next episode of Quest for Gold, I'm Ryan Burrow. We'll see you then.